0: On today's episode of Ask the Planner, we're going to explore that what's next feeling you might be having after you've booked your quote-unquote main wedding vendors. It is a huge accomplishment to have booked and found your photographer, your venue, your caterer, your florist, and as a wedding planner, I know that it is a huge sigh of relief feeling like you've gone through the hard part. However, it's important to remember that there are still a million little things to do before your wedding day. So often, couples feel like they are done once they've booked their big vendors, but the reality is that there is still a lot of work to be done. In today's episode, we're going to dive deep into exactly what to do after booking those main vendors. As a wedding planner, one of the first things we do with our clients after booking the main vendors is to create a cohesive design and decor plan. This is one of my favorite parts of the wedding planning and so is the same for my couples because the design sets the tone for the entire wedding and helps tie everything together. And when I look back on the weddings that I've planned, my favorites are the ones where the design really reflected the couple's personalities and tastes. Creating a design plan starts with gathering inspiration. I always encourage my couples to use visual tools like Pinterest and Instagram and wedding blogs to gather images and ideas that resonate with them. From there, we work together to distill their vision into a cohesive design, taking into consideration factors like the venue, season, and budget, and their style. We discussed normal things like color palettes, floral arrangements, etc., but I also asked them about what's in their wardrobe, what stores do they frequent, when they want to decorate their home, their favorite experiences as a couple, their favorite memories, how do they vacation, and so many other things. Then I spend several weeks putting together a design plan that truly reflects their style and vision. If you want more help on designing your wedding, make sure you check out episode 67 from season two, because I go really deep into color palettes and design and so many other things. And of course, if you want extra help with putting together your wedding design, you should definitely check out our wedding mood board template in the template shop. It is such a great tool for couples trying to DIY their wedding design. We'll definitely link to that in the show notes. Okay. Now that you've booked your main wedding vendors and have a cohesive design plan in place, like we just said, it's time to start hiring your secondary wedding vendors, which are equally important in making your day truly unique and memorable. As a wedding planner, I always recommend that my clients take the time to carefully choose these secondary vendors as they can truly enhance the overall wedding experience. Your secondary vendors include your cake designer, your wedding stationer and or stationery, ceremony musicians, rentals like tablecloths, china, glassware, and transportation. This is also the time of the wedding planning process when you may want to start looking at wedding favors, welcome bags, especially if you want to try and support small local businesses or get something personalized. Also, don't forget to consider other possible entertainment vendors like cigar rollers or live painters. Truly, this list could go on and on, and that's why our couples hire us to be their wedding planner. But each vendor plays an important role in making your wedding day unforgettable, so thinking through all of those little things that you may want to incorporate into your day is very important. Hiring secondary vendors is about more than just filling in the gaps, it's really about adding elements that reflect your unique personality and style and truly make your wedding day unforgettable and just special to you guys. Okay, next on your list, the third step in this checklist is to start creating your wedding day timeline. As a wedding planner, one of the most important tasks after booking the vendors is to create a detailed timeline of the wedding day. A timeline ensures that everything runs smoothly and ensures vendors and guests know exactly what to expect. Now, if you are a longtime listener of the podcast, you know that we are obsessed with a good timeline. Make sure you go back and listen to episode 19 for more details. I also talked about it in episode 97, a lot about the timeline as well. But for now, we're going to do some more key elements to the wedding day timeline, just in case you haven't listened to those, but definitely go back to those as well. Okay, one, the first thing in your wedding vendor timeline is your load in and load out. This includes determining the earliest time vendors can arrive and set up or return to pick up their equipment. It's important to ensure that your venue allows vendors to work within these hours and that everything is set up according to the design plan. So make sure that you know when your venue will let them in and then when everyone is arriving there. Next you have on your timeline is your getting ready time. Determining the hair and makeup schedule is super crucial to ensure that bridesmaids, mothers, and the bride are already on time. Even the grooms, groomsmen, all of them as well. As a planner, I often schedule in extra time in case of impromptu photos with the couple and the wedding party or if any last minute touch-ups are needed. Hint, hint, you will always need more time. So don't forget to add that in the extra padding. The third kind of timeline you need is your photography and videography timeline. Having a photo and video timeline ensures that your photographers and videographers will arrive on time and with enough time to capture all of the important memories throughout the day. This includes getting ready photos, the first look with a partner and your parents, and any posed or candid shots. But listen... When it comes to creating a wedding day photo and video timeline, it's important to work with your specific vendors. After all, you hired a professional to capture the memories of the special day for a reason, so make sure you work with them to create that timeline and you ensure that they have the time that they need because everyone's style is always different. Your photographer has experience not only in capturing beautiful images, but in knowing how much time they need to get them. Your photographer and videographer will also know the best times to shoot, the right lighting, and how to capture all of those important moments and organizing all of the people in those photos. Okay, next kind of timeline that you need, number four, is your wedding ceremony timeline. So when it comes to your wedding ceremony, creating a timeline is essential to ensure that everything runs smoothly. And we're going to go into that in a little bit more detail later on in this episode. So this includes not only planning the logistics, such as when to walk down the aisle, where to stand, etc., but also scripting for the ceremony itself. As a wedding planner, I have helped couples from all walks of life plan their wedding ceremonies, and the most memorable ones are always personalized and heartfelt. So don't be afraid to collaborate with your officiant to create a script that reflects your culture and values. I love including your culture into these wedding ceremonies. A ceremony timeline should not only include the script but also the logistics of the ceremony such as when to cue the music, for walking down the aisle, when to exchange rings, etc. By creating a clear timeline, you can ensure that everyone knows what to expect and that the ceremony and your rehearsal runs smoothly. Our last timeline is your cocktail hour and reception timeline. So this is number 5. As a wedding planner, one of the most exciting aspects of creating a wedding day timeline is ensuring that the cocktail hour and reception are perfectly timed and seamlessly executed. I love this part, guys. I get down to the minute. Your cocktail hour sets the tone for the reception and provides a perfect opportunity for your guests to mingle, enjoy hors d'oeuvres, and sip on cocktails. So here is a short version of what I recommend including in your cocktail hour and reception timeline. Okay, first for your cocktail hour. During cocktail hour, your guests are going to be looking for some light entertainment and delicious appetizers, so it's important to ensure that your cocktail hour is not too long or too short. One hour is usually the sweet spot. Having cocktail hour music for this time is also nice to set the tone for the evening. As a wedding planner, I always recommend including a mix of hot and cold hors d'oeuvres and a signature cocktail to get the party started. It's also the perfect time to have a photo booth or photo ops for your guests so that they can have fun photos together. If you want ideas for signature cocktails, head to episode 65, which is also in season 2, for some super fun signature cocktail ideas that we've done. Also, just as a personal, not a personal plea, but a professional plea, Cocktail hour really is best as an hour. That's why it's called cocktail hour, guys. An hour and a half, even two hours, gets really, really long and people start to get bored and antsy. So keeping the flow moving, keeping the event moving along is really important for your guests' enjoyment. So just keep that in mind. Otherwise, you're going to have guests that are going to get cranky and want to you know, get things going. Okay, so the next little mini timeline is for your reception. So the reception, obviously, is the main event, and timing is everything. I recommend creating a really detailed timeline to ensure that everything runs smoothly throughout the night, including speeches, cake cutting, the first dance, your parent dances, all of that stuff. The reception timeline starts with your entrance, with your wedding party, with just you guys, maybe with your parents, followed by your first dance, dinner service, speeches, cake cutting, dance floor, etc. So thinking through the flow of this is obviously up to you. I like to have your introductions first, then we go right into dinner, maybe a welcome toast or a blessing. Then we have dinner, let your guests enjoy each other's company. Then once the meal is over, then we go right into speeches, cake cutting and dances. Dances usually like your first dance and your parent dances are the beginning and then it kind of kicks off the dancing throughout the night. But obviously it depends on your flow, the setup of the venue, etc. But that's the kind of the flow that we'd like to follow. Last but not least, your last timeline is your vendor breakdown and loadout. Now we are finally at the end of the night, and your vendor breakdown timeline includes determining when the vendors start to break down, when they are packing up their equipment, when they're arriving, if they're arriving that night, the next day, the day after, etc. It's important to make sure that the schedule you put together also accommodates the venue and their needs because they're going to have other events coming in after yours, so it's important to check with them to see what is allowed, what is available, what is feasible, etc. Making sure that your vendors have enough time to get everything packed up correctly and loaded into the vehicle safely is super, super important. So that concludes our little timeline section for this episode. Creating a detailed timeline is crucial to ensuring that your wedding day runs smoothly. As a wedding planner, I have the expertise to create and manage a comprehensive timeline that will ensure that every detail of your special day is perfect. So if you want help with that, let me know. We can definitely set up a clarity call to kind of walk through everything that you're going to need in your timeline. I love putting timelines together. Obviously, if this all sounds familiar, like I said, I talked a lot about the timeline in the previous episode, episode 98, but I want to touch on it again as a quick review in this episode. We also talk a lot about timelines on my blog at Verb, So make sure you check out the show notes for more helpful articles regarding your timeline. I also have a free photo timeline freebie on the website as well, which I'm going to link to in the show notes also. After you finish putting together your wedding timelines, it's time to create your scripts and your wedding songs. Now guys, as a reminder... When you put together your timelines, you don't have to make them perfect the first time you do them. So feel free to put them together, have something general, keep on with your planning, come back to them, revise them, add some more detail, and then continue your planning and continue to revise these timelines because they're going to continue to change and evolve as you continue with your wedding planning. Okay, moving on. So now that we have your timelines, it's time to start putting some more details together. And that means putting together the wording or verbiage for your scripts. That means your ceremony and your wedding reception. You're like, what script are you talking about, Desiree? So I'm talking about the order that everyone is processing in, putting together the actual verbiage of your ceremony, as in what's the officiant going to be saying, what are your vows going to be, etc. cetera. During this time when you're putting together your scripts, it's also important to kind of think through the stage management, how people are walking in, kind of like how, you know, the, the, the different parties are interacting with each other. So thinking through your ceremony, who is walking in and how are they walking in? Are your grandparents walking in? Are your, Is your mom walking in? Is she walking in by herself or is someone walking down with her down the aisle? Is your wedding party walking in together as couples or one by one? Sorting through this ahead of the ceremony rehearsal will make for a much more smooth and enjoyable ceremony rehearsal. And then thinking through, obviously, your vows, your, you know, how is the officiant going to pronounce you, your whole wedding ceremony script is super important. So I love putting together a nice script for our couples. And it's really important for you guys so that you know what to expect during the wedding day. Similarly for the reception you will also want to put together the order of your introductions for your wedding party how's everybody going to be introduced by the DJ or MC is your wedding party going to be introduced one by one are they going to go in as couples are you introducing your parents anybody else are you playing specific music for this also i don't love guys this is this is so over now Sometimes couples like to choose a song for each freaking couple. So they're like, you know, Bobby and Joe, go here, and then play this song. And then, like, the Maid of Honor and Best Man get this song. And then, like, this person gets this. Like, that is too many songs, guys. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Just do one song for your wedding party. Maybe change it up for your Best Man and Maid of Honor or your VIPs, and then change it up for you guys. But don't do one song for each group because it's just – It's just a lot. And then there's just more room for your DJ or your band to mess it up. So, anyways, that's my two cents. But moving on, also and very important, how do you want to be announced? Is it Mr. and Mrs.? Is it just your first names? Are you taking their last name? All that stuff. And finally, make sure you spell out for your MC or your DJ how to pronounce everyone's names. Make sure you spell it out phonetically and include pronunciations to avoid any embarrassing mispronunciations and also have a call with them just to rehearse. it. I think it's always helpful. Okay, now that we have kind of put together our script, now it's time to choose all of the music for your wedding, which is so much fun. Also can be kind of stressful, so I'm going to put together a list for you to remind you all of the songs that you can be choosing for your wedding day. First, we have our ceremony songs. So first we have the prelude. These are the songs that or music that is going to be playing as your guests arrive and are taking their seats for the wedding ceremony. You can choose these songs or you can just tell your ceremony of your musicians, your string quintet, whatever. Play whatever you want, etc. This is a really nice way to kind of personalize it if you want. Next, we have your processional songs during the ceremony. So these are the songs that are played as the wedding party walks in. If you have parents and grandparents walking in, they can choose a special song or you choose a special song for them. And then, of course, your processional for the couple. So the bride, the groom, whatever, what have you. If you're a same-sex couple, some of this is going to change depending on if you're walking in together, who is walking in first, etc. But thinking through what songs you want to be playing when you are walking in is super important. Then we have an interlude. So some couples don't do this, but if you do, this is the music that's played during any special moments or rituals during your wedding ceremony. And finally, we have your recessional and your postlude. So the recessional is the song that's played as the newlyweds and wedding party exit the ceremony area. And then your postlude is kind of like your prelude, but the opposite. So this is the music that is played as your guests leave the ceremony. Again, if you don't care, just tell the DJ to play whatever they want but this is also something nice you know to think of as your guests are leaving the ceremony so now that we have our ceremony songs, now let's talk about our reception songs. So lots of times my couples will choose music to be played when they are being introduced into their reception. So this can going to be either just for you as the couple, or you can choose music for you and your parents, or the wedding party and your parents, or just you guys. Next we have our first dance songs. So this is for you all when you're having your first dance. Then we have your father-daughter dance, mother-son dance, your parent dances, etc. Sometimes my couples, if they don't want a lot of attention on them, they will choose one song for the parent dance and both of them will dance with both of their parents at the same time. So it kind of eases the attention on them. I would still recommend having at least three minutes for this song because the photographer will need time to photograph all of you. But something like that is nice because then you don't have as much attention to yourselves. Then we obviously have our cake cutting song. And again, you don't have to choose a song for this, but I think it's always fun. I love Cake by the Ocean. I also love, I'm, I'm, I think it's Florida Cake, because it's just kind of fun. And he says, I'm just here for the cake. I just, there's so many songs, with things about sweet, sweetness, candy, whatever, lots of songs. And then, of course, you have your party music. So these are the songs that are going to be played by your band or DJ during your dancing portion of the evening when your guys are just like ready to let loose. You might also want to consider putting together a do not playlist as well because these are the songs that you want to make sure that the band or DJ does not play because you hate them. So that's important, too. And of course, you can definitely choose a last song of the night. And I even choose a second to the last song because it's just really, really fun for my couples too. If you want to choose Closing Time, I've heard it like a zillion times as the last song. I don't actually recommend choosing Closing Time as your last song because it's kind of a downer. I do like it for... After you've had your last song and everyone is leaving, like they're leaving to go to the after party, the band is packing up and playing Closing Time then I think makes total sense. Plus, like that can just be dubbed in and you don't have to have like a downer for the last song. Speaking of Closing Time, that wraps up today's episode. This list of things to do in the in-between might seem short, but each bullet point actually has so much to unpack. So once you start thinking about each one, feel free to take some time to dive into each item one by one because there is literally so much stuff for each bullet point that I just mentioned today. But if I unpacked each one, we would be here all day and you don't have time for that. I hope that today's episode was super helpful in reminding you that some of the key tasks that you should be tackling toward the end of your wedding planning journey can actually be done now during this kind of interim period when you feel like you've done a lot, but there's still a lot to do. If you feel overwhelmed by today's episode and you're in the New York area and need additional help, we would love to work with you on your wedding. We had two clients last year that had booked most of their wedding vendors, but realized that they still needed a lot of help. So they hired us for full service planning and it was great. Of course, if you're not local to New York, I highly recommend setting up a clarity call with me. You can book that at verveventco.com forward slash clarity. Or you can always check out our Ultimate Wedding Planning Checklist in the Wedding Planning Template Shop at shot.verveventco.com. I've gone into greater detail into what you should be doing month by month in this checklist. It also helps you organize all of your tasks, both on your phone and on your desktop, so you can really Get to enjoy that checking off feeling wherever you are. It also makes collaboration on the wedding planning very easy because you're able to share tasks, assign people to tasks, and share the responsibility of wedding planning because there's a lot of work and you shouldn't have to do it alone. So whether you're adding stuff to your partner's plate, your maid of honor's plate, your mom's plate, whatever, anyone can be on that Trello board that we use for your ultimate wedding planning checklist. So anyways, anything that you want to help you, we're here to help you, however it is, whatever fashion it is. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you loved. As always, if you have any feedback or follow-up questions, make sure you send me a DM on Instagram at AskThePlannerPodcast or call the Wedding Planning Hotline at 585 2103467. 2103467. Again, that's 585-210-3467. As always, I will be going live on Instagram. So join me at our new time this week at 12 noon on Wednesday to answer your wedding planning questions. So make sure you submit them to our stories or send me a DM on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast. Of course, for today's episode show notes, because there was so much to talk about today make sure you visit verveventco.com forward slash 99. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash 99. And now we are here for our review of the week. Today's review comes from Jennifer H. 1010. Jennifer writes, five stars, reassured bride. Yay. Yay. So Jennifer writes, I'm in the middle of planning my own wedding and have been overwhelmed with a huge industry and all the different resources out there. Very true. This podcast addresses topics clearly and makes me feel prepared and knowledgeable as I go through the planning process. Multiple vendors have mentioned how smooth it has been and I have this podcast to thank. Yay! Yay! Thank you so much, Jennifer, for taking the time to leave that very thoughtful review. I'm so excited to hear that your vendors are loving working with you because of this podcast. That means the world to me and really makes me feel like what we're doing every single week is worth it and it's helping you guys and that's really all that I want. So that wraps up today's episode. Next week on the podcast, we have our 100th episode, which will also be our season three finale. I'm so sad. But Riley and Allie put me in the hot seat and asked me all sorts of questions, and I'm definitely spilling the tea on a lot of stuff. I can't wait for you to hear it. I don't think I'm going to get in trouble because I did spill the tea because I think it was pretty nice, but definitely check it out, and I'm so excited to hear what you guys think of the podcast next week. For this week's question of the week, I would love to know... What surprised you the most during your wedding planning? Was it how much a vendor cost? Was it all the unsolicited opinions you got from strangers? Sound off in your review and Apple podcast if you don't know what to write. We would love to hear from you. That is it for this week's episode. Remember, you can always find a summary of today's episode in the show notes and all of the links at verveventco.com forward slash 99. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash nine nine. Thank you again for joining me today. I can't wait to talk to you lovers next week. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you.